Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling and husbandry for an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and today is action pack on the podcast today is uh engaged learning where i'm going to ask you to do things and to start off with i'm going to ask you to jump into the show notes download the workbook and the calendar that's in there so that you can work through it with me so that we can set yourself and your horse up for success this year so when it comes to working with our horses we can, you know, on the daily, on the weekly, on the monthly, on the yearly, let little things slide, let little habits creep in, um, you know, let kind of things stagnate a little bit because sometimes it requires a tremendous amount of motivation and inspiration to continue with our progress and our development with our horses, particularly if we've been stuck on an individual issue for an extended period of time or we keep getting to the same point and the same problem keeps coming up and we don't know how to deal with it. So today on the podcast, our training is all about setting ourselves up for success by setting ourselves and our horses strategic and intentional plans of how we're going to work towards that goal so that we can either crack it and have our breakthrough moment, which is the part that I love (laughs) and I'm sure that you guys love as well. But also if we hit that goal and we're just not quite there yet we know what to come back to so the thing about being strategic and intentional with our planning is that we're not just flying by the seat of our pants hoping that we're gonna create a good outcome because getting you know our horses to that athletic potential for transformation that emotional level of resilience and intellect that is required to understand and communicate what we want from them doesn't happen by chance and doesn't often happen by flying by the seat of our pants Sometimes we can have a good coach that knows how to shine the light down the tunnel and lead us on the path. In that moment, we have to be very comfortable with allowing somebody else to be in control of of our success and very confident that they know how to get us there. 
And sometimes when we go into working with a trainer, that's not really what we're thinking about. We're not really thinking about what have they achieved, what haven't they achieved, what have they, uh, like, what do they do with their current students, what are their current students capable of. Uh, And thinking about these kinds of things, you're really kind of putting your faith and your trust and your confidence in that coach to get those transformations for you rather than taking that power on for yourself, creating the opportunities for that transformation that's required. So obviously for those of you that are working towards goals that you haven't achieved before, it makes it really hard to know how to get there and what direction to take. So trusting in a coach that you think is going to get you there can be the easy option. And that is the job of the coach is to shine the light steer you in the right direction, keep setting you up for success and pushing you through your little blocks and you know moments of doubt and not sure if you're ever going to be able to achieve it. Those kinds of things that make you kind of doubt yourself and hesitate and hold back. So that's what we're going to be doing in today's training with how to goal cast, set your plan and make it a reality. Part of that process with us as your coach does look like getting on board with our online courses, either Holistic Course Handling, Confident Trailblazer or Equestrian Athlete Program within our Connected Equestrian Academy where we set out the lesson plans and we just are shining the light down the tunnel to say this is what's next, this is what you need to work on. So if you can do, if you're in those programs and you're listening or if you can do those programs, Um, I would definitely use this training with the workbooks and the calendar in combination with the lesson plans that we have in there because as we start to pick up on the goal that you have, you'll start and break that goal down into your prerequisites. You'll start to see where we actually have those lesson plans laid out for you and we have the video of how we work with that on individual horses, why we might use that lesson plan, but also... Um, you know, if you've been following our podcast, you'll know that we can like really strategically and intentionally set up easy lesson plans and foundational lesson plans that have us ready for big challenges. So an example of that is when I was backing Sully, I did a lot of our in-hand adventures, confidence through curiosity and emotional self-regulation exercises. While you wouldn't necessarily think that that's what your horse needs to be backed, it is part of the emotional component of having a confident horse that doesn't have a meltdown because you've got gotten onto their back and they don't know why you're there and, and what to do with you. So there is a way of taking seemingly... Uh, irrelevant lesson plans and and exercises and things that you have with your horse and using it to flesh out the quality of the relationship and the connection the trust faith and confidence in each other so that when it does come time to like take on those bigger challenges that you have with your horse the quality of the relationship and the trust is there that you can create your breakthrough moments so if you're out and about in your car or you're out poo picking or doing the dishes you might want to save this episode for you know a spare half hour so that you have to sit down and actually do it properly through the workbooks or you can listen to it now and then come back to it when you have that time 
So the link to get the workbook and the calendar and to check out our programs is in the show notes. Make sure you pause this episode now or stop it and come back to it. Go see if you can um, you know, download them. They're not, they, we can't edit them on the computer, so you'll have to print them out if you want to fill them out. Or you can just, you know, find your training journal and journal it out off of the prompts that are on in the workbook uh either way these are good little collations to have so that when you get like two or three years down the track and you feel you know like you haven't progressed you can go back and say oh this is where i was at three years ago these are the things that i've learned this is how we've grown together and this is how we've progressed Not only does that help you feel better about doing the same thing for a long time because sometimes it can take, you know, a year or two for big breakthroughs in our training, but it also helps you to kind of see how long certain things take to achieve and also it can help you see, you know, where you and your horse get stuck frequently, what kind of things you get stuck on and what kind of issues you, you have. And so it just makes, you know, the next um, segment of planning a little bit more based in reality. So definitely planning is a very important part of success. Flying by the seat of your pants can get you there, but it can take longer and it's not as strategic and intentional. So maybe you just keep hitting the mark, I mean, missing the mark. And then having a coach can also be of benefit, but they might not have the skills to get you to where you want to go. You might need to lean into a couple of different coaches or you really you need to kind of take responsibility for what you're working towards and get the support where you need it but it's in your hands to get you there one of um my favorite quotes from monique is that i she has to ride her horse i can't ride her horse for her so when i'm teaching her um we had this like period of time where we were struggling with the amount of effort that was required for her to work with her horse and she there it was a transition where i'd been doing a lot of the work for her and then it was time for her to kind of like take over a bit and it was a realization for her that like i couldn't ride the horse for her she had to be the one that did the work and rode the horse <laughs> and so this is you know very relatable to life and and to planning like you're the only one that can live your life you can't you know, blame others for not achieving certain things in in your life and achieving certain goals. So, you know, just being really taking full ownership of your power to create your opportunities and your potential. Part of that is setting goals and, and reflecting on how well they did. You know, as I said, flying by the seat of your pants can kind of get there sometimes. And the first time that you set goals is really like pie in the sky kind of mentality of that kind of daydreamy. This is what I'd really love to achieve, but it, you know, it looks very different in reality. And so that's why it's good to be able to set those goals and then stop, give yourself and your horse a break and then reflect and say, well, how did I go? How long did it take to get certain things? Where did we get stuck? What does this actually look like in real life? For me this year, I'm working off of the school terms. So that's going to be 10 weeks training, two weeks 
off, 10 weeks training, two weeks off uh, for the four terms of the school. I don't have any plans to compete. So I don't have to factor in the different competitions that I would like to go to if I wanted to qualify for states and nationals. So if you're looking at doing this with a competition calendar, you definitely need to know like what competitions are coming up for you for setting your goals, making sure that you get enough in to be able to qualify for the states and, and nationals at the end of the year. Obviously, that could like look like anything with COVID the way that it is at the moment, but, um, you know, it's good to have the plan there and if you don't end up getting to go and show, there are online shows now. So, you know, either way, it's not like a, a waste to have them in your calendar and schedule. I do like to give the horses a break in training. And that's something that we're very intentionally putting into the calendar this year with making sure that the school horses have one, what's well, actually going to work out to be 10 days off over the school holidays. And that's just to like mentally and physically and emotionally give them a little spell to keep them more inspired and motivated. Normally towards the end of the year, they get quite over it and we start to see more of the you know grumpy attributes and temperaments coming out so incorporating a spell um is going to be part of our training plan for this year and even when i've had horses in show and competition training i have liked to give them you know at least a week to two weeks off especially the the young horses the young horses bodies are so soft that they can really quickly and easily lose the integrity of their posture and in, in the way that they um shift and and change their condition so we can you know how our training can be of detriment to them very quickly so it's important for me I like to do young green horses so anything probably under about eight or nine I like to do six weeks on one to two weeks off so that's even less again than what we're planning on with the more robust school horses and mature aged horses so those um and part of this planning process is the the sprint versus the endurance so rather than you know setting that goal for the end of the year and just enduring the year you kind of like you know you get four months in you get six months in you get eight months in and you're like oh man I'm just like really struggling it's better to have them broken down into smaller achievable wins so that that keeps you motivated and inspired to reach that big goal at the end of the year. It also gives you that opportunity to reflect on, in throughout the process and make sure that you're still on track with your goals and that your goals are still actually your goals. <laughs> um, you know, your goals might change because circumstances change or your goals might change because you realize your horse just needs more time or, or maybe you need more time or, you know, the opportunities that you thought you might have, for example, for taking your horse out just aren't going to happen for you for different reasons and circumstances. 
So being able to break your big goal down into smaller goals and do small sprints like six weeks on, two weeks off or like we're going to do, which is 10 weeks on, two weeks off, helps you to just have that space in between to, you know, recharge and retarget or that goal and and put in a fresh effort rather than trying to sustain that motivation and and that inspiration through the year because remembering that this is not the only thing that's going to happen in our, our lives for the year as well you know you can have these big audacious goals you can have them perfectly planned out and then life happens and you lose all inspiration and motivation for personal and um, horse riding transformation. (laughs) So um, that's what we're going to be working on today in the podcast. So if you haven't done it already, make sure that you jump on the link in the show notes, download the book because we're about to work through it and our calendar. Okay, so getting your workbook out and the first page is all about goal casting. So at Equestrian Movement, we are all about big audacious goals. (laughs) We love to stretch our own limits of and potential and stretch what we're capable of. We love to dream big. We love to imagine what we could possibly create. And so you want to remember that this is, you know, a little bit of daydreaming, but also a little bit of just, you know, relaxing and allowing your brain to create an image of what you would like to achieve and what your potential and your horse's potential could be. So dreaming audaciously, dreaming big, we want you to spend some quiet time having a little relax and thinking about it, maybe get a cup of tea and go down and sit with your horse. What if you could think about, um, you know, that big goal that you have for you and your horse and if you didn't put any limitations on yourself like time, money and experience, if you had no obstacles in your path, what would you like to achieve with your horse? So pause the training here, go down, hang out with your horse and work through those journal prompts on um, the third page of the workbook. Okay, so sometimes when we're working on these big audacious goals, (laughs) we can find ourselves not loving the journey. And that is okay as well. It's really important to, um, you know, see those parts of the experience that, you know, do, are they just uncomfortable bits that you need to just keep trying or are they alarm bells and warning signals that you need to change direction or trajectory or you know, maybe you're putting too much pressure on yourself and your horse and your horse isn't responding well to that there's plenty of reasons where we can have the breakdown in the process working towards those goals so I really want you guys to be open and honest with yourself how do you feel your horse is responding to your training and the plan and the goals and as you've done them so far and as you move forward with this? How do you feel about going down and working with your horse? I think sometimes for me, like just the sheer motivation required 
for the amount of effort that I need to put in makes me kind of come up with excuses to not go down to the to the to the yard sometimes so just the idea of having to get the saddle out bring the horse out groom them put the gear on can just be you know a a mental block for me for the amount of effort required to to get on and, and do the work when we're actually doing the training so if the idea of going down and getting your horse just feels too exhausting or you know maybe you've had a couple of bad rides and it's feeling making you feel anxious or scared or worried or feel like you're heading in the wrong direction or you know different things like that just be super open and honest with yourself and just journal it out and see if you can figure out what the root cause is you may need to shift direction or you just might need to do a little bit of mindset work so you know if the thing that is holding you back is the amount of effort required how can you make your training fun maybe you need to add in to your like training program some fun days some hack out days we don't need to be drilling figures and jumps in the arena every time we ride we want to be building endurance so we can go out you have full permission from me to go out on hack out and trail ride there's a lot of the work that we do in the arena that we can actually do out on a trail you can do all of your posture work contact work and transitions when you're hacking out you have full permission from me to figure out different ways of getting you know making the training scenario fun whether you're incorporating games whether you're incorporating relaxation and connection you know think think laterally don't feel the pressure to drill performance work every time you ride because there's a pretty good chance that if you're starting to lose motivation and inspiration that your horse is probably also starting to go sour and you want to think of different ways that you can recoup your excitement and enthusiasm and therefore your horses as well. So go through the journal prompts on page four and just be really open and honest with yourself if you're not feeling jazzed about it, if you're feeling worried or anxious or scared. Um, you know, you really want to get clear on those things that are holding you back because then you can get down to why you feel that way and then we're going to implement some strategy on how to have those breakthrough moments. So pause this audio now and go back to your workbooks. So part of, you know, actually achieving your goal is how motivated you are to achieve it. And that's one of the reasons why I don't compete anymore is I'm not very motivated to compete. I don't get excited about it. I don't really care <laughs> much about what the judges think about me uh if i you know wanted an outsider's opinion of how i was going with the horses i would ask a peer or a mentor that i respect and know respects my work and and the work that i do so as a result that means that i don't compete but i do like my students my advanced students to go out and compete because i think that it's a really good experience for what the like bigger broader equestrian world looks like and what it looks like for other riders in the industry and in the sport as well 
And obviously, if you're like, I'm not a competitive person, you know, I don't like doing anything competitive. If I'm with somebody that's competitive, I'm like, you just like win because I, I don't have the energy to deal with that. <laughs> I'm just not, I never have been competitive. I'm not a competitive person. So if you are competitive and you do enjoy competition and going out and testing your skill against others and yourself, then by all means, like, go for it. If that's your motivation, that's your motivation. So it's really important to be clear on what is motivating you. If you're like me and you're going out and competing because you feel like you have to, to, you know, um, establish yourself as a rep with a reputation in the industry, then, you know, that's not really a good reason to go out and go through the effort of, um, braiding and, and whatnot and, show prep and all the torture that comes with going out and competing to be honest uh so that's going to be one of the reasons that you hold yourself back is like if you actually don't really have a good reason to be working towards your goal then you're going to lose motivation in striving towards it when things start to get hard whereas like for, for me um, you know, my motivation is to have a well-rounded, healthy, balanced horse that understands how to look after its rider. So things like going out to a trail, um, exposing them to different environments helps in that um, transition of emotional self-regulation and agility and just experience for them and it gives creates like a more well-rounded and educated personality and characteristics within the horse so that would be my motivation which means then my choices of how i was going to set up my training for the year would be dictated by okay I'm gonna go out on this trail maybe we're gonna go to the beach or you know maybe through the mountains what's the physical conditioning required by the horse to be able to do this what kind of exposures like what are the small exposures that I need in the build up to that point so you, you want to have that in your mind so that when it comes to planning it out in the calendar, you know what that big goal is that you're going to work towards so that you know what those little goals are, you know, you know where those little exposures are. So if you're going to be competing as your big goal at the end of the year in states and nationals, you want to make sure that you're getting to the small shows in the lead up to it, both to qualify, but also to, you know, create that exposure for your horse in the different environments and being able to warm them up around other competitors and, um, you know, confidence with approaching the judge and being critiqued by the judge and all those kinds of things that influence how you ride and how your horses work. You want to have those exposures before you go for your big goal at the end of the year, even to the point of you know, even if your goal at the end of year is to just go out to a small competition, then in your lead up, your planning is going to be getting on the float, going on the float to a friend's house, going on the float to uh, grounds that the shows might be held at, you know, going to a pony club event, different things that are lower pressure. And so then you've got that lower barrier to entry but they're still getting the exposures for the horse that they need 
to be able to do that thing at the end of the year. And it's also giving you an idea of where your horse is at. If you're planning to go to a competition at the end of the year and you think that the only thing that you need to do is drill the test in the arena, you're missing all of the other factors that the horse is going to have to deal with when they go out to a show. So, you know, the girls in the show team, they have to ride together so that there's five horses going around in a small area so that they know how to navigate each other and navigate other horses but then even that doesn't have them set up for what the horse how the horse is going to change when they change environments if they get more nervous or you know if they're warming up in an arena where another horse is out for the first time and it's not keeping its cool so there's different exposures that you know, you want to happen first before you're actually going to that competition. And the same for if your big goal is like a trail ride, if your big goal is something personal like, you know, being able to canter or pop over a small jump or something like that, then it's perfectly okay to not have those external stresses and, and changes and exposures uh, because you don't necessarily need that to set your horse up and yourself up for success. But it is just really thinking about, okay, if this is my goal, what are my prerequisites? What do I need first? And then it's also, you know, having... Obviously, if you're here with us on the podcast, you have values around how you want to engage with your horse. So it's not, you know, you're not working towards these goals with like achieve this and nothing else matters, like achieve this and at all costs, like at all costs I want this to happen, whether it's to the detriment of my horse or whatnot. Nobody actually thinks about, you know, I want this to happen even if it's to the detriment of my horse. But, um, you know, if you have these values as well of, you know, first do no harm, create secure attached bonds, psychological safety, creating faith, trust and confidence in each other, you're really going to have to factor that into how you plan to set them up for success as well. And if you, you know, create this training environment around these values, there's much more chance of succeeding because you are earning your horse's respect in the process of building them up to be ready for that challenge. So then we have the way that we have set out our training program based on our values and making sure that we're keeping a balanced approach towards our goals and and not having a breakdown in what we feel are these important parts of the training process. So you're welcome to add any of your own values to this. Obviously, the more values you have, the harder it is to balance. And if we can kind of group them into one overarching value, it can make it a bit easier so that we have less. Um, But what we've got is our seven C's, which are connection, communication, consent, confidence, which is our horse, conditioning, which is our horse, capability, which is our rider, so independency, communication with your aides, confidence in yourself. A lot is expected of the rider. Uh, And then consistency, like what can you actually commit to? So it's all well and good to have these like pie-in-the-sky dreams of what your plan is going to look like uh, and then 
you know, for me, like I've got Finn Mondays and Fridays, I've got the school in the afternoons, work on the weekends. Like it doesn't really leave me much time. I only have weekday mornings, Tuesday to Thursday, to do any work with Fiddy and Zodi. Maybe the occasional weekend day if I um, can get a small reprieve to, to go out and play ponies not have to look after Finn. So you have to be, you know, really honest with yourself. Can you only commit to one day a week? That's going to significantly adjust timeframes for goal achievement. Can you commit to two days a week? If you think you can commit to three days a week, are you going to be so like run down and tired by the time you get to that first moment of break after your sprint? So that first break after 10 weeks or that first break after six weeks like that you can't even get to that point consistently so you have to really factor in you know when we're doing this work depending on what our goals are we are required you know personal transformation personal athleticism does require like a high percentage of effort from us and if we've got you know effort going into our children, effort going into our work, effort going into keeping ourselves alive, effort into running a house, you know, that does only leave a very small chunk of effort left for our horses. And so if we can't prioritize our own mental, emotional and physical health, and then we end up over-prioritizing ourselves to other things, we're just not going to achieve these goals, which is perfectly fine. Like, this is life, right? You know, life happens while we're busy planning. What you want to do is just be okay, you know, if you do this first stint and go, oh, mate, I really, like, overstretched what I thought I was capable of, then, you know, that's why we set this target of goals to begin with and then we stop and we reflect. Okay, maybe that goal needs to be further away. Maybe I need to get help some somewhere in, in the process. You know, what does it look like when you've actually put into practice? And so those um, values there in page six are how we help ourselves just stay in alignment with those values while we work towards the goals um, and make sure that we're, we're creating goals that aren't to the detriment of our horse. So on page seven, you can have a look and you can rate yourself on those little rainbows. I do like a good coloring in activity for like, you know, when we're doing our more relaxation kind of meditative journaling work, the, the coloring can, you know, be a good brain saver to give us some space to imagine. So feel free to have this printed out and actually color in your rainbows or make your own kind of thing to color in and like give yourself a rating on on where you think you're at in in those categories and if you'd like to add some or take some out you know feel free to create what you want from this so then you've got your next seven pages of actually breaking those um categories down and this is where i find the real value in journaling and goal setting is you know this allows you to really 
sit with and think about what you're going to try and achieve. But once you've written it down, you can come back to it. So you can come back to it, you know, after your first stretch, like your first sprint. Um, you can come back to it beginning of next year. You can come back to it in three years and you can see how you've improved, where your goals have changed, what has happened in the process. That means, you know, different things you've had to adapt and flex into different areas. You know, it's really nice. Like I love finding old journals that I've had and just being like, well, look how far I've come. Um, look how much I've changed, look how much I've grown, you know, what I thought was an audacious goal three years ago, like I managed to achieve in a year and it was just a stroke of luck that everything lined up beautifully for that to happen for me. And so, you know, it can, you, you know, when you're working towards some of these goals, you can get really down on yourself and feel like, oh, I'm never going to progress, I'm like the worst, my horse needs a better rider, I'm not good enough. Like if you haven't felt that, you're not a horse rider basically. We really like to kind of put that pressure on ourselves. And so being able to go back through these old journals and just be like, wow, like that was my goal. Like that's a walk in the park now. You can see that you have progressed and you can give yourself some grace to you know appreciate the work that you've put in and not feel like you're a complete failure so that's where i really like the value of those um seven values that you can break down there and then that gets us towards goal achievement and so that's what we were talking about is you know as horse riders we can say oh this is my goal and you can be working towards it and some of my students have been working towards you know a big audacious goal for years and then you kind of you crack it and then they go all right what's the next thing you're not even taking a moment to congratulate or appreciate the you know what they've achieved and what they've worked on I mean I'm the same I do it all the time as well so it's you know it's really good if you're in this for the long haul and to keep your motivation and inspiration up is to make sure that you know what it looks like when you've achieved that goal and you can find a way that you celebrate it with yourself. Like, you know, make a cake for yourself and your horse to be like, yeah, we got cannolis on both leads or yeah, we cracked the 50 centimeter fences or yeah, we just went out to our first comp and we both stayed on the horse and in the arena. Like, you know, figure out little ways that you can mark and, and celebrate these achievements because you know what, these goals, they just get bigger and they just get harder to achieve. They never get easier and smaller. So, you know, break it down, have achievable goals, set yourself up for success, enjoy the process because as soon as you achieve that goal, I can guarantee you, you'll just be like, all right, what's next? Rather than, yes, I did it. Like life is complete. I can finish now. <laughs> Nobody does that. And then what we're going to do is we're going to schedule that goal in. So part of scheduling that goal in, like we're starting to, you know, make it a solid plan now. It's not just a pie in the sky, idealistic outcome. You need to know, like, do you have everything you need to reach that goal? Do you have the tech, the training, the finances, the tools? Like what additional support might you need to help you reach that goal? 
if you're um, you know looking at where you might need some additional direction and support that's where we've got our our holistic horse handling program and our confident trailblazer and equestrian athlete programs opening up on the 13th of April so if you're not already in them you can you know join up and then you can implement the lesson plans that are in there into this you know goal setting and planning experience and then you actually can lay it out strategically and intentionally so that you know exactly what lesson plans you're going to work on to get you to that point so uh, where you might need additional support could come from coaches, could come from online training programs. You know, how are you going to get to that end goal if you feel like you have gaps in, in how to get there? So, you know, if you're working on going out on, a, on your first trail ride but you don't know how to work with your horse being super spooky, then... In our holistic horse handling program, we have confidence through curiosity, emotional self-regulation, relaxation cues, and emotional agility to create confident horses that know how to be curious about the things that they're scared of rather than spooking. Or if you're looking at, you know, you've got, you're trying to establish correct canter leads on both leads and your horse only ever picks up the one canter lead, then our equestrian athlete program has your lesson plans to create balanced horses that work with straightness so that they can pick up both leads evenly and also how the cueing can create issues in communication with that as well. So you're not expected to like know how to get to your destination when you're working towards something that you've never done before. That's where you do need the extra hand-holding, you need the light shining down the tunnel so that you can kind of, you're not just fumbling your way through the dark, but you know like step after step what is going to get you to that end goal. And so this is when you want to put it into your calendar. So you want to download our equestrian movement calendar. You don't have to use our calendar, but ours has pretty ponies on it. So <laughs> if you prefer to get your own calendar, feel free. And then you're going to break it down each month. You can put in like your goals for each section. You can put in your smaller goals that's going to work up to that. You're going to put in what your horse needs for that goal to be achievable and then you're going to put into your calendar what days you're going to work on you know are you going to work on groundwork are you going to work on connection are you going to work on flat work are you going to go out on trails are you going to do you know poles and grids what are you going to do and then you can plot that into your calendar that way and then you can have a focus for your month so if we're focusing on going out on a trail and we need our horse to be more confident, then our focus is going to be confidence through curiosity. If you're working on straightening your horse out because they only pick up one cantilead, then you're going to do um, you know, balance exercises from equestrian athlete so that your horse is able to lift both shoulders to do both cantilades easily and step both hind legs through to do both cantilades evenly. Then you've got your notes so that you can um, put in you know, maybe you notice that your horse is particularly 
spooked about you know plastic bags or balloons or something like that and so then in your notes section you can make that as a mental note for your next training session maybe you're going to do some of your groundwork and connection skills with confidence through curiosity with balloons or you know one of the things that we had to do in the school was one of the parents started bringing um, that started with us was bringing her kids in a pram so we had to do some confidence through curiosity with prams so that the horses weren't speaking with the prams and the umbrellas and you know different things that just kind of like pop up every day like oh actually I need to address that I need to pop that in the training schedule and so now we have our calendar set and our goal set and we have an intentional and strategic plan towards getting us towards our goal we're going to go and we're going to implement that process and at that date that you set that's going to be that first sprint you know uh, for me it's going to be 10 weeks maybe for you it's six weeks maybe it's going to be three months whatever it's kind of falling into what works right for you and your horse you're going to do page 18 which is your reflection and so that is for you to go okay like how close was I to what I projected what else do I need to do um you know do I need to check in with my horse did they actually cope with the training strategy that I set for them those different things um you know also did you you know work towards that goal and realize actually I really don't know how to work with this problem I need to get additional support here or you know what have you little things that come up along the way and you're going to journal that out into your reflection before you set your next sprint into the calendar and so this is your best chance for you know really truly establishing progress with you and your horse and being able to kick those big audacious goals. Uh, we would love you to share them with us in the Stronger Bond community. The link to join our Stronger Bond community is also in the show notes. So just a reminder that if you need that extra hand-holding or you just like that extra hand-holding and support, you'd like the light shone down the tunnel for you so you know like how you're going to get towards those goals, what things you need to work on. Maybe those things are going to be a little bit outside of the box. Definitely a lot of the stuff that we share in holistic horse handling are, um, you know, not the industry norms because we have incorporated a lot more of that emotional support more so than the training, um, you know, normally people go into with the training it's kind of the the unseen things that people do instinctively from working with horses for an an extended period of time that they don't really understand how to share and communicate those things so if you want to be able to plan and work towards those goals with an understanding of what your horse needs to also um, be able to work towards those goals in a way that is of benefit not detriment to them then our program holistic horse handling is going to be open on april 13th for you to join until next time happy trails if you're loving what you're learning in the podcast you've got to come check out the arena classroom the Arena Classroom is our community for all things Training for Connection, where we delve into exercises to build our horses' trainability, 
process emotion and build emotional resilience. It's where you can get individual help applying our tools like consent, communication, confidence through curiosity, connection, and so much more. It's where you learn a level of communication and connection that will blow your mind and other trainers will tell you it's not possible. It is a safe community where you can learn training tools not shared on the podcast that will open up that connection and will further build your confidence in you and your horse's potential so that you can stop doubting that you're good enough for your horse and questioning if you're doing the right thing. It's where you can come hang out and connect with other first do no harm trainers just like you and me. It's my favorite place on earth and it will revolutionize what you believe to be possible with your horse. I guarantee it. Come join us at www.equestriummovement.com forward slash the arena classroom.